0: Hot hat Matt in the house,
1: man. I know. I got back from a, a four day vacation, and I saw that you found my LinkedIn. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't think anyone would ever find it on uh, Roster Wars. I didn't think anyone was really on LinkedIn besides me. But, well, uh,
0: that one, that was one I just found on Twitter. But then I ended up later finding the thing on LinkedIn. But that I like the I like the hot hat Matt little thing there. That was. The thing on LinkedIn wasn't like, I'm never on LinkedIn. So I like, I just looked it up because you said it was on LinkedIn or something like that. Yeah. So I looked, I looked it up, but, uh, but I, I just thought the hot hat mat one was funny.
1: It was good. And there's, there's uh there's more out there that I think you yeah. didn't find, but uh, yeah. you can send it your way at some point. Hmm.
0: What are they, what, like, what was the, what was the story with that? Like they roped you into doing all that. Yeah, so, I mean, as you can tell, I work for ExxonMobil
1: and Will and Gas Major, uh, and their sustainability group. So I do a lot of work with the advanced recycling, trying to recycle plastics, green future, all that good stuff. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and part of that work just naturally led me to be like, hey, we want you to do this interview. Like, hey, we want you to, like, be in this LinkedIn video. And I don't know, it's kind of taken legs and ran away from me
0: yeah yeah my brother has to do that shit for his uh for his job too like they get him in stuff and like he's in weird stuff like like sometimes they'll send it to me or whatever so yeah but that's cool man good deal all right so you're in houston houston texas how hot is it there today it
1: is 90 or 100 it feels like 110 humidity 98 percent. it's terrible man it's it's rough here do you get used to it at some point? No. No, I mean, even the people... I've only been here for three years, but, uh, yeah. I mean, you can talk to the people who've lived here all their lives. They say, oh, you never get used to it. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah, I don't, this is not livable conditions without mm. air conditioning, and even right. then, it's barely livable. Right, right.
0: Damn, man. All right, so you're originally from the Philly area, right? Like, that's... I never really got, like, like where exactly in that area you came from, but you're originally a Pennsylvania guy, Yeah.
1: Yeah, i moved around around a lot as a kid, but I grew up in Philadelphia um, and then went to high school out in the suburbs um, of Philly. And it wasn't until I graduated college. I went to college in Philadelphia as well. And then once I graduated, right. I moved down to Texas. And now i nice. in the South.
0: So, um, So you mentioned in early 2019 that you moved to Texas for an internship and then you ended up going back and moving there after you graduated, right? Like when you first got to Texas – what, what were your initial thoughts? What is Texas like for an East Coast guy who's lived there your whole life? <laughs> it's different, man. It's yeah. the the
1: cowboy culture is real to some yeah. extent. Yeah. Uh, the the city of Houston itself is is not walkable. You you need a car to get anything uh. done around here. There's eight lane highways, ten lane highways. I mean, everything is bigger in Texas. Yeah, and so it was it was a culture shock going from living in philadelphia walk into the store barely even had a car to coming down here where it's like man i gotta drive an hour just to like get to across the city
0: (laughs) that's wild man yeah that's a big difference. like you think of a city if you're in a walkable city like going to a city that's not that's a huge difference
1: yeah, I mean the joke is is that it takes two hours to get from Houston to Houston because going across <laughs> the city is just the between traffic and everything is just so incredibly large compared to some of the northeastern cities.
0: Wow, that is wild, man! Interesting. Yeah. Um, what about the food? Is the food food good down there? It's good. It's it's a lot of Tex-Mex. Yeah. Um, so fajitas, Mexican food,
1: the barbecue is amazing. Barbecue gonna um, be awesome. I know. I mean, I'll even go out Collins Way in Austin. There's some good barbecue out there as well. Yeah. But uh, Yeah, man, it's, it's very diverse here. Um, not just, you know, being close to Mexico, but I mean, a lot of Southeast Asian culture and stuff is is one of the most diverse cities I've lived in.
0: That's um, interesting. Th- there, there's no,
1: you know, segregation of neighborhoods. It's just kind of everybody living together. So that's really cool.
0: That is cool, man. I like that. That's great. Like I, I, when I visit my uh, my brother in law down in uh, North Carolina, in in Charlotte, um, I like that too. Like feeling like this is a really great vibe of like different people, different colleges, just uh, diversity that I just really appreciate when I'm down there. So that's cool. Does yeah. it feel like home? Does it feel like home at this point now? Because you've been there for a few years, right? Yeah, I mean, we're gonna call it home. My um,
1: fiance. We've been we were long distance relationship right. for a while, I and then she moved. That. Yeah, so she moved down here in twenty twenty two. So I think last year, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess that makes it feel a little bit more like home. At least yeah. having her down here and like thinking about yeah. buying a house and all
0: that stuff. Right, right, right. Nice. Um, yeah. So let's uh, briefly hit on that. Um, your your fiance Aaron was living in St Louis, Missouri after college, right? Or Missouri, how do they say it? How do they say it in Missouri? Did they say Missouri? Missouri. Yeah, I don't
1: understand that. <laughs>
0: right, I've always said Missouri my whole life, but Missouri. St. Louis, <laughs> Missouri at the college. Uh you did four years long distance?
1: Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right, as an expert in the field, tell us what is the key to maintaining a healthy long distance relationship.
1: I have no idea, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't know. I don't know what happened. It was not the plan by any means. Yeah. But um, uh, you know, we used to text each other every day, and Snapchat every day, and yeah. it, it just kind of works out. I think when it's the right person, it's um, yeah. it, it's pretty easy to maintain. It, it never felt like we were trying to force something, although yeah. it it kind of did suck for like four
0: years. Yeah. That's interesting, though. Like, when it is right, that it doesn't have to be hot. It just has to be what it is. You know what I mean? I think it helps you, like, realize that it's right, too. I mean, I'm, yeah. I was just, like, a
1: college, like a young college student when, like, I met her. And then, you know, <laughs> you kind of learn, like, oh, wow. Like, we just went through four years together. You know, this right. this probably means something a little more.
0: That's awesome, bro. That's really, really cool. Take that. All right. Now you you wrote about on your – um on your owner's box thread in 2019 you did some cool road trips to texas and back to philly like it sounded like around the internship thing but it sounded like you took some cool road trips what were some of your favorite memories from those road trips yeah wow you're really digging up the archives here (laughs) oh yeah bro gotta do some (laughs) research man gotta know what i'm talking about here
1: i kind of forgot i wrote some of that out on the internet too But, yeah, so I was living in Philly, internship in Texas. I wanted my car, so I drove from Philly to Texas, and then obviously back again. Um, Going down, we we hit the entire East Coast. Atlanta uh, College Football Hall of Fame was so cool. That Coca-Cola Museum in Atlanta is, like, super cool. I don't drink a lot of soda, but you go in there, and they got Italian sodas and Chinese sodas and all kinds of crazy stuff.
0: That's wild.
1: And then coming back up i did a lot of hiking through uh tennessee and kentucky and so um there's a couple cool national parks shenandoah mammoth caves um i love that kind of stuff just hiking in nature
0: that's awesome man very cool yeah it's, i forget where it was you you had some picture that you posted somewhere in some park it was beautiful though it was really beautiful. oh yeah yeah, it was <laughs> yeah cool. i mean
1: even being out in texas i mean you got big Bend national park which is probably one of the most remote least visited national parks this is just so hard to get to um but it also means it's, it's so untouched you go out there you can see every star in the sky wow. you know you, you hardly see another person
0: wow that's wow cool um all right give me uh just other things i read give me quickly give me that story about you want a signed josh jacobs helmet from fancy pros but i never got a story on that well how'd you do that <laughs> there really wasn't much of the story i mean i was
1: I was on Fantasy Pros at the time. I think I was doing some stuff, like some leaks through Fan Tracks as well. And they were kind of advertising together. And it was one of those things you just like submit your name in a sweepstakes. Um, I think it was like a quiz. You had to answer like a couple of football questions on a quiz. Yeah. It wasn't that hard, but it kind of rooted out people who didn't know football. And then it was just like a lottery sweepstakes. And I just won. I don't know. I just kind of win that random stuff sometimes. I don't know if it's the Irish in me or
0: what, but. Man, I used to work with this motherfucker at, uh, at Sunoco pumping gas back in the day, man. And this dude, Lenny, dude, I fucking never forgot Lenny. Lenny used to win shit all the time, man. Like, you used to just. Because he, he was like, yeah, like, you. It's like, you got to enter, man. Somebody's going to win. And I'm like, that's fucking true, Lenny. Like, Lenny used to win crazy shit like on the fucking radio and fucking, and this was like really before the internet and shit, but like he would like mail shit into different contests he would win all sorts of crazy, crazy stuff. And so, and, and Hey, you know, somebody wins it somewhere, man. So that's cool.
1: I know. I mean, you put your name in enough lotteries and sweepstakes everywhere. You're bound to win a few. So
0: yeah, that's great, bro. All right. So, um, so you finally got engaged in December, 2022. Congratulations. That's a wonderful, Thank you. Wonderful thing. Um, how did you propose, man? What was the what was romantic, Matt? Like <laughs> romantic,
1: Matt's not that great either. But uh, uh, we used to hang out at this ice cream shop. Yeah. Um, it's it's a really cool ice cream. Like, you go on like top ten lists of like ice cream shops in America. Like yeah. this one is like on the list.
0: No it's called Fox Meadows Creamery in
1: uh, Lyndhurst, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, but we used to hang out there on an internship, middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. A lot of just Amish folks around, horse and buggies on the way to work type of thing. And uh, yeah, I took her there. We were back home for Christmas um, and uh, just kind of proposed, you know, around this whole farmland with some ice cream and everything. So it was a good time.
0: Awesome, man. Awesome. Very cool. Do you guys set a date yet or anything?
1: <laughs> yeah. August 10th, 2024.
0: So oh, it's 10th. 2024 all right so this this that sounds awesome um i hope uh, everything goes well with that you guys you guys are going to do it back in back in philly where are you going to do it you're going to do it in houston what's the deal
1: we're going to do it in that small town pennsylvania uh mm-hmm. lit pennsylvania so nice, nice. it's nice and natural out there she her family's from pittsburgh my family's from philly and so meet in the middle and right. have a little small town farm awesome. wedding
0: well, I'm sure you'll have a blast with that. Now, <clears throat> this thinking about a wedding like this got me thinking. So here's the deal. Let's let's set a hypothetical situation. I'm going to give you a hypothetical situation, okay? And then you okay. give me a breakdown on it. Let's say, and I'm not, don't worry, I am not self-inviting any of us to your wedding, Matt. I'm just saying, like, let's say, imagine everyone from Ross Awards is at your wedding, Okay. And two people from Roster Wars, like just stand up at the reception and are gonna do like some Michael Scott, like, I'm gonna go give a toast. Okay. Who do you see get up and you're like, oh, I'm sure this will be good. This'll be this'll be good, actually. This'll be fine. Who's that that who's that one? And then who is the one where you're like, oh fuck, this is gonna go badly. What you I think got? for
1: the first, I think for the first one, I gotta go with Tyler. <laughs> I mean, I read some of the posts on the forum, yeah, uh, and sometimes I'll see like a two-paragraph post to just scroll past it because I don't have time to read it. But <laughs> so whenever it's Tyler, like I stop and I'm like, this is gonna be something wild that I just yeah. need to read. <laughs> All right. That story takes, you know, 10 and 15 different twists and turns.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: But uh, I I think he'd definitely be the kind of guy to stand up and just give some (laughs) rambling, nonsensical speech or something or other.
0: But it won't go (laughs) badly. You don't think it'll go badly or anything? No, I mean, in the end
1: of the day, it's. It has a resolution. Uh, I don't really understand how we got there a lot of the time, right. but uh, <laughs> he manages to fit it within a couple paragraphs. So, all right, now
0: who's who's the one that's gonna give a toast that you're like, "Oh fuck, my my wife's fucking parents are gonna like lose their shit." Like, wh- who's that one?
1: Dude, I don't know if I can answer for this one because I don't see. I don't think anyone at Ross knows me enough well enough to to really take things that bad. Um. I know I know Haji knows me somewhat well from the time we did the podcast together but I don't think Haji's the type of guy to do that either so I don't know I say Haji cuz he knows enough to be dangerous but uh I also don't think he's the type of guy that would
0: do that to me That's that's fair man that's fair So you're not throw, you're not throwing anyone under the bus or anything like that so that's cool man So that's I my my thought would have been I think Greg would have just been so unfiltered that you probably you, you may end up somewhere that it could get a little little fucking dicey. I think,
1: I but, think but Greg not, really not in did. a bad
0: way. Like not in a bad way. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I I, I don't I don't really know Greg that well, but uh, yeah. I, I've certainly seen some of the posts on the forum that <laughs> I don't know if I'd want him speaking either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, he's a fucking riot, though. All right. Um. So let's see. All right. You were a college kid when you arrived at Ross Awards. That's really, really young compared to the demographic of the of the rest of the community here. What attracted you and what kept you, man? Because that's very unique. It's really cool.
1: Yeah. So at the time, I was a sophomore in college and I was on my first internship. So like, I finally got a break from like the millions of study hours and stuff that I'm doing. And I, I've been playing fantasy football all my life, but mm-hmm. all the leagues I've been playing with my friends, um, my dad's league that I used to play in, like big money league, everybody was super passionate. That kind of crumbled. And I was looking for something where people like would stay committed for a whole 16 weeks um, and di- dynasty preferred. Right. And right. I just kind of was Googling, doing some Google. I forget how I actually found it, but I stumbled across roster Wars and, you know, I didn't know, I got in here, and they're like, we need to interview you, and you need to post on the form. and I'm like, is this some sort of scam or something? <laughs> like, I was I was very wary about what I was getting myself into, but uh, yeah. you know, I came to know Andy through the interview, and then you start meeting the other people, and you're like, wow, this is just, like, a really cool place to be, so I mean, obviously, the community is what kept me, but at the beginning, I was like, this is some sort of cult scam thing, like, I, I don't, I just wanted, like, a normal, like, fan tracks mfl just solid owners i yeah. i wasn't expecting all this
0: when i got into it right but then when you got hooked it was over
1: heck yeah i mean i was obviously the youngest one here by far but uh i mean i was i was a college kid i think one time we had somebody come through it was like 15 or 16 years old or something oh, inter- interviewing them, yeah. i don't know if you remember that guy but I, uh, I remember
0: i remember someone like brought it up and like like re like brought that thread up to the top or some shit yeah
1: yeah i was like oh, yeah. <laughs> i was probably a little young but uh, i mean I, I was in college at the time like mm-hmm. hey this is something i'd stick with like i got time to do this so it's it's, it's been fun
0: that's awesome bro now <clears throat> you say you had time to do this you didn't have much time because you were a fucking chemical engineering major right and you were summa cum laude dude shout out that's fucking awesome let's let's like I post that yeah man, but awesome. You should be fucking proud of that, man. You that's like amazing diligence and look, chemical engineering like like I had a roommate who was a biochem major and that shit is that shit will just fucking melt your brain. So, shout out to you. That's phenomenal. You're a genius, bro. Like that's incredible. Now, what drew you to that? Like what what drew you to that uh that direction, man? Oh uh, really man, cool. I just <laughs> My, my answer
1: I always give is, like, why would you get into engineering? It's for the money. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, growing up, I, I was not really the best student. I, I enjoyed some of this stuff, but I just wanted to play sports like I, like yeah. every kid. I want to be a pro soccer player, pro baseball yeah. player. And then high school got serious because I was like, you know, none, none of my parents went to college. My mom went to, a, like, a smaller three-year university. Mm-hmm. Um and it was like time to get serious about college, and then the competitor and be kind of kicked in around high school. And mm-hmm. I was taking every college prep class, every college credit I could take. Um, and then when you get to college, it kind of carries over. And so cramming a master's and a bachelor's into four and a half years—yeah, just when you're in class, it's you're taking like eight classes at once, and they're all engineering classes. And so it was hard, but it's it's just something where if you, you're willing to put in the work and Sacrifice at the parties mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's right. it all works out in the end. So That's again, incredible. I'm not I'm not necessarily an engineer at heart. I like to solve problems. I like to work with people and build things. But uh, um, it, it was a good, solid, well-paying career. And my high mm-hmm. school brain was just like, you know, I don't want to be working construction. You know, like my dad, like being out there on a roof in 130 degrees.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not for me. So right. I, I wanted to. Get something a little more solid under my belt. And that's
0: kind of, it's like just kind of picked engineering at that point. Yeah. It's awesome, man. I mean, that's the thing. Like some things are for some people and then some things just not, you know what I mean? And so like, like that's just the beauty of what makes us who we are. You know what I mean? So, uh, so some people fucking love being out there, you know what I mean? Like gotta work (laughs) outside. I can't stand working indoors. And then like for, for other people, like you just got to find what, what's passionate for you. So that's awesome, man. So, so now, at least from what I read, you're a, uh, a capital projects manager for Exxon. Is that it? I work in a really weird space of Exxon Mobil. And so, I mean,
1: people think Exxon, they think gas, they think drilling, oil out of the ground or offshore. Um, I work in the sustainability division of Exxon, which is kind of counterintuitive. But we're doing something called advanced recycling, basically taking plastic and recycling it again, but it's it's kind of better and it has some advantages over the traditional kind of recycling that you think about. Um, but anyway, we're, we're launching that that technology. I helped develop the technology. I helped operate it. Um, and now I'm part of kind of the commercial side, you know, going and doing speeches and meeting with other clients and trying to, you know, sell the business and grow the business. And so it's 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 like being an entrepreneur, but with all the benefits of working for corporate America (laughs) um but uh it's it's a really cool space I I actually really enjoy what I do despite you know not really getting into engineering for the passion of it um I I like what I end up doing and it's good for the earth as well the sustainability angle that we're taking so
0: that's awesome bro that's very very cool man shout out that's that's impressive so that's uh above above my brain power i suspect but uh but really really cool man so. it's just solving problems i mean
1: it, it, you see this stuff on tv or sometimes where it's like you put all the plastic in your recycle bin but it just ends up going to the landfill anyway yeah and that's that's the problem and you start digging in well why does it go to the landfill why can't we recycle all the different plastic why do we have all of these big landfills and plastics in the ocean um and anytime you dig into a problem you find 10 other problems and You know if you have the resources to go solve it it's a pretty cool job
0: so so in so in the short elevator pitch version of it there is hope for like recycling to actually like make some progress for for like sustainability yeah
1: yeah recycling is historically recycling has been very limited on like what you're able to recycle and you have to sort it all properly um this is there is hope for recycling it's it's legitimate. We can integrate it with a lot of the technologies that are used to make your gasoline, that make your power. Um, you can integrate recycling into the ways that you generate energy for those technologies. So it's very scalable, even as we start to kind of shift our, our grid to wind and solar power. Um, there's ways to, to harness that energy to recycle plastic at the same time.
0: Well, that's good, bro. Cause that's good news. Cause we've got some fucking issues uh, as we've all seen this summer.
1: It's one problem out of many, but uh,
0: yeah, yes. somebody's
1: got to work on each thing, divide yeah. and conquer, and hopefully we move the right direction
0: for real. All right, awesome, man. Cool. Now, uh, let's see. In your opening post in 2017, you were a Seahawks fan. You shifted from your originally being an Eagles fan due to being jaded as a young fan. Tell us that story because I see that you've got a, an Eagle now, so I also want to find out how you got back to being an Eagles fan again. Let's hear it.
1: Yeah, yeah, so. I mean, growing up, I played sports, but, like, Mm -hmm. I liked sports for, like, the stats and the math. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if I went extreme as what Byrne does, but uh, around the time, I mean, you know, the Eagles were making a bunch of stupid personnel moves, and the the owner really wasn't doing it. And uh, a team like the Seahawks, where it's like, wow, you can just, you know, draft really wisely – pay people these low contracts, have a quarterback that's not on the long-term deal just yet, still in the rookie deal and create, build the cap around that way. I was like, wow, this is like the next generation of like cap management right here. And now you see all the teams doing it, right? It's like, we need a quarterback on a rookie deal or we're not a contender unless it's like a Mahomes or something. And so I was, I was really drawn into what they were doing. Um, but, it, you know, as I've started being in roster wars, watching more football, the fandom side of me came back. And so being from Philly, I, I do like the Eagles as well. But growing up, I wasn't necessarily a fan. I just liked the the strategy and stuff of it. I would play like NCA fourteen, the video game, for hours and hours, just building dynasties and building a roster. Like that's the stuff that drew me to football, not necessarily like being a fan of a player or a
0: team i love that shit too man i fucking still play ncaa 14 it's like the only game i play <laughs> It'll
1: be one more year until the new yeah, one comes out i can't hopefully.
0: wait man i gotta get it like a ps5 just so i can get that game so i am too but am i'll do too. it though so uh all right nice man um yeah and you you talked you mentioned soccer a little bit here i read about your fucking you played some semi-pro soccer Yeah, like like, like a year ago, and then you had some fucking horrible injuries. So uh, have you come back from that, or are you still playing? I'm still playing, um, not for the same club that
1: I was playing for, the semi-pro team. Yeah. Um, But yeah, i played soccer all my life, even through college, playing club soccer. Um, I didn't really want to pursue D1 because I was working on all the studies and stuff. Uh, A little bit of regret there, but... Um, now that I'm out of college, I've been playing competitive soccer around the Houston area. Tons of great teams, great you know ways to kind of get involved with semi-pro yeah. and even some of the MLS camps and that sort of thing, like working with the kids is a lot of fun. Um, but after the injuries, tore all the ligaments in my right ankle, tore a ligament in my hands, fractured a bone in my eye. I play goalkeeper, so it's like a rougher position. Yeah, um, I had to chill out for a little bit. Uh, so I'm able to go to work and not be on comp time all the whole time. But uh, I'm looking to get back to it here pretty
0: soon. That's that's wild, man. Very cool, though. Very cool. I love it. Um, all right. So tell me uh, that classic question of asking everybody. Now, you uh, were in high school. When did you graduate? 20 high school, 2015. 2015. All right. Damn. So how old yeah. are you, bro? I'm 26. I just turned 26. 26. Okay. Nice. Yeah. All right. So 2015. Give me you in high school senior year. Like, what were you into? I assume you played soccer. Anything else? I want to hear it. Like, any clubs you're into? Uh, like, did you look different? Like, were you wearing different shit? Like, what was your music? What were you driving? All that shit that I ask everybody. <laughs> yeah. All right.
1: So. Um, high school me was probably very boring compared to the rest of the people that you got here. Um, like I said, I was taking every advanced placement class in the books. Yeah. Um, I think like 14 in total, which ended up with like 30 something college credits before I graduated. Damn. So I was I was in the books hard, but I played soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my friends used to joke, like they clown me on the soccer team because my hobbies involved like reading books, chess and Historic literature is so, like they'd be like, Oh, after a big game, like, Oh, we're so amped up. Like I'm just feeling some Jane Austen right now. And, like <laughs> they would really clown me for that. Um, but I, I'm really not much of a party guy. I'm yeah. probably introvert by nature, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 like playing chess. I like cooking, baking, uh, reading books, playing some, some NCAA 14. Nice. Um, but yeah, in high school it was just mostly studying, and then kind of doing those things to to get my brain back a little Take bit it. regenerated before the next day.
0: What was your music back then? What was your music that got you like amped up and shit?
1: Yeah, it's still still rap. I know we're about to do yeah. the draft here coming yeah. up, but uh, that's that's really how I got into rap music. Um, okay. A couple of kids on my soccer team were yeah. like showing me that, and growing up. My, my mom only listened to country music, and so like that's the only reference point I had for music. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know about this stuff, but uh, yeah, some of the the old school uh, old school rap and Kanye albums really got me going. I mean, I would study for hours on just Kanye's graduation, yeah. Lil wayne's Carter too, yeah. and just th- that helps me think now. Like I'm doing math problems, and like that's the kind of stuff that gets my brain flowing to grind through the the study.
0: Awesome. Awesome, bro. I love it. All right, so yeah, we'll talk that in a little bit. We got the with uh, the top 5 rappers of all time is our draft today. So that that'll be a fun one. Um All right. So what other hobbies that you went to you, you mentioned some like you mentioned like um yeah, you just kind of mentioned uh that like cooking, baking, like like that's awesome, man. Like what's what's just you have like a special dish that you uh that you're known for or or that you enjoy making? I I
1: enjoy like Recipe testing, stuff that tastes good but is like healthy for you. Because mm. um, I mean, I play soccer. I like to stay in shape, but like I also don't like to eat salads for every meal. And mm. so, like finding ways to like incorporate protein powder into like brownies and cookies, like that stuff, super fun um, yeah. for me. And then obviously I meal prep uh, all my all my meals just to try to stay in shape and within the macros for soccer um but that's just a lot of chicken breast and broccoli kind of boring stuff if i'm gonna cook for someone else like i'm gonna pull out all the stops like i'm gonna put the extra cream and the alfredo and all that good stuff but i like make a side portion for myself that's like a little bit healthier
0: oh yeah all right all right nice man good deal um let's see you've done a little bit of traveling what's the favorite place you travel to think i
1: think my favorite national park is called a sleeping bear dunes it's not as well known it's up in northern michigan kind of near the upper uh, peninsula um giant sand dunes on the border of uh, lake michigan just kind of beautiful scenery sea breeze a nice wooded area mountains to hike in um i went up there when i was a freshman in college and uh just kind of fell in love with that whole area. The weather was beautiful. The hiking was great. Everything was so scenic. Um, now, of course, I live in a giant swamp in Houston, Texas, but uh,
0: <laughs> I do have
1: dreams of getting back up north at some point.
0: Awesome, man! Very cool. So it's like swamp. It's like—is it like swampy down there, or is it? Do you just mean like it's wicked humid?
1: It's very humid. Um, th- this is a swamp by nature. I mean, really? obviously, the build-up environment. Is is a city like, but th- this is a swamp, you know, back in the day.
0: Yeah, because like, because they've had like, the, is that why they have like the, all the, like the flooding problems and stuff like over the years? It's had yeah. that, right? Yeah. So I mean, the swamp part of the reason it makes it a swamp is it's so close to
1: to sea level. The water table is like basically at the surface, and so whenever it yeah. rains, you know, we can build all the bayous and kind of culverts to direct the rainwater back into the Gulf, but. If nothing sinks into the ground. The, the mm. soil just forms puddles. The the water table is basically already at the surface. If you, wow. you dig down with a shovel, and you you hit water pretty right away.
0: Okay, so do you live in a place right now that's like pretty safe for the water? Like, is it raised or elevated or something? <laughs> Actually,
1: not really. I do live in a in a flood zone. Yeah, um, but it makes the rent cheaper, and uh, I'm renting an apartment, so <laughs> it's no skin off my back. It yeah, floods.
0: so it's not like you you. It's not like you like invested all your money in it and shit.
1: If I'm gonna buy a house, I probably would not buy it in, in South Houston where I'm living now.
0: Okay. Nice. All right. Good deal. Um, what's something on your bucket list, Matt? You got you got plenty of time left, which is beautiful. Young guy, what's well, something on your bucket list? What do you got?
1: Man, um, one thing I'd like to do is, is visit all of the baseball stadiums, all the MLB stadiums. I've been working on it. I think I got about nine or ten so far. Yeah. Um, I just got back from Wrigley in Chicago. That was yeah. super cool. Nice.
0: Um,
1: that's a list. I'm trying to get to every state and every baseball stadium. Um, and then the national parks, obviously, as I go around, I'm trying to hit some national parks in some of the key areas. I'm about to go to Aspen, uh, Colorado in a couple months. So awesome. just hiking all that stuff. I also want to hike the Appalachian Trail someday. It's a 2,500-mile trail from Maine to Georgia. It uh, takes about four months you just kind of wake up every morning like 25 yeah. miles sleep and do the same thing again the next day
0: that's incredible so, man i, you know, I love it
1: man. i i i can't wait to do that someday but uh obviously working a full-time job that's not compatible so right. i'll have to wait
0: a little bit yeah that's awesome though man that's a hell of a goal that, that would be an incredible journey i'm sure that will be nuts um uh, so are you a, do, do you would you say you're a big a baseball fan or a football fan
1: Oh, football for sure. Yeah, baseball is just something I started um, with my grandfather. Visited a bunch of parks before he passed away. Okay. Um, I just want to kind of continue it, and also as a kid, football was so expensive. (laughs) Right. My my dad basically told me, "Like, yeah, we can get Phillies tickets for five dollars, but you want Eagles tickets? I don't have that kind of money." So
0: (laughs) I guess I just
1: kind of started my baseball bucket list and never looked back.
0: That's awesome, but that's true. I've never been to a
1: football game. Oh, really? Nope. Not a professional game. I'm in a high school game, obviously. Right, right. I'm still waiting to get to my first professional.
0: (laughs) Nice. Yeah. I mean, hopefully that'll that'll come down the line. But, yeah, that's definitely fun. But, I mean, they make it – you know they make it so damn good to watch on TV too that it's it's not like uh, it, 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 that's fine too. You know what I mean? So yeah,
1: you you don't really miss much, I, I guess, not being there. Although I, I do see the pics of like you know Nick up in Green Bay right. with all the people out there tailgating and
0: like yeah, there's cer- yeah, cool there's much. certain yeah, there's definitely certain draws and especially like the tailgating and then like the sort of the communal aspect of that is pretty awesome. Yeah, so that's awesome. Um. let's let's uh get a fun fact what would you say is a fun fact about you matt i don't
1: know about fun
0: fact some some like secret little hidden talent or something just wild random Uh, story
1: i I mentioned chess that i play as a hobby um i've gotten pretty good at chess over the years Um, i was thinking about getting into some tournaments to try to qualify for like international master like working your way up to grandmaster type titles but uh if anybody plays chess and knows elo I'm about 22100 so find me on chess.com i'd love to play Um, but i i guess that's a little fun fact about me i i got pretty good at chess over the years i like studying chess openings and tactics in my spare time it's just something that comes my mind down
0: Awesome! I, I, you're badass at chess. That's fantastic. I, it's a game I always wanted to learn to play, man. Um, like my, like I, I bought this. It's one of my, like I don't know how to play chess. I need to learn to play chess. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know how to play chess. My, my classic story about chess is that I bought. I went through when I got sober, I went through this phase where like i replaced which is like something that a lot of like addicts will do you replace one thing with another and so what i started doing was i i basically instead of drinking every day i just went on like ebay every day and i just bought tons of shit right and so i bought this fucking beautiful this was like i was like dude i've i've jumped the shock here because i'm like i bought this beautiful glass chest set it was gorgeous i'm like, dude. I don't know how to play chess. Why do I buy <laughs> this fucking thing? You know what I mean? Do you so, still have it? I it, I think it's somewhere. I think it's I think it's probably in my mother's attic somewhere. Uh um, hey, that's the kind of thing you put out on your coffee table
1: and you know, you invite the right friends over and they think you're like very sophisticated. You're like, wow, he's a very fancy chess set sitting out right there. <laughs>
0: I kind of think that's why I probably bought it. I'm like, because like, I'm like, I'd like to learn to play chess, so I bought this like beautiful chess set. But yeah, so uh, we'll see. someday I do want to learn though. But that's awesome. I, I guarantee somebody at uh, Ross the Wars definitely loves chess and will uh, probably teach yeah. up on that. That'd be cool. I don't
1: think there's a thread on it, but uh, if if y'all want to do some chess lessons, you know, if uh, Nate and Sam run out of podcast ideas, I'm happy to hop on and, and teach some chess
0: all right there we go let's go cool man uh what would you say is uh is a defining challenge that helped make you who you are today
1: oh man <laughs> i shouldn't know because you ask these questions to everyone else but i didn't really yeah. come prep uh, i right. say one of the bigger challenges is uh my whole mentality through high school mm-hmm. um yeah, I'm not going to have like this grand challenge in my life. I've, I've had a lot of great opportunities and privilege. But uh, in high school, I, I kind of took the mentality for a little while there. of Like, let me do everything possible to secure my future. You know, I didn't want to have financial problems in my future. I wanted to like have things secure for, for myself, and my, my future kids. Um, and so like I, I, I quit every sport I was playing. I kind of mm-hmm. dropped most of my friends and like, I went hard in the books, like yeah. for real. And, uh, you know, I was, it wasn't great for the mental health. Let's just say that. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, coming through college and realizing, you know, me and Aaron and you kind of realize it's a little bit more to life than just trying to get the perfect GPA and, uh, get an A plus on every test. So, right. um, Going through that was was really helpful. It put kind of life into perspective for me, and uh, it, it helped me kind of see more clearly that it was more about just kind of getting a job and making the most money possible. But there's kind of more to life than just that.
0: That's awesome, man. But it, but it also speaks to like mentality and like being and 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 being able to like dig into a goal and and set that goal and fucking focus on like almost like a mission to get that goal so there's like something cool there too and then like realizing there's more to it than just like one goal but i fucking i admire the fact that you're able to like do that it, it sort of reminds me of like uh like ross tucker has talked about i mean i i i have mixed feelings on him in his podcast but uh but he i always remembered i liked him talking about it. he was like i'm i was this guy in pennsylvania i didn't I was not like the biggest, strongest, fastest, anything, but I just said like, I want to try and go after this dream, and so I'm just gonna do everything to make that dream happen, so that I never have to wonder if I could have done it. You know what I mean? I was like, that's fucking cool.
1: Yeah, there's something like, yeah, because you never want to talk about it like a regret either. I mean, like it's it's something where it's like, wow, like you you're able to buckle down and, and chase a goal like that you know, now you know that you can do it. Mm-hmm. It's laid a lot of foundation
0: yeah.
1: or, you know, kind of set me up for where I am now. And So I think anyone that's kind of gone through like a tough challenge like that can relate where you're, you're so singularly focused on one thing, mm-hmm. but then you kind of widen your perspective. And you still appreciate being in that mindset before because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I can flip that switch yes. whenever I need. Things get hard in life or at work
0: yes. or whatever.
1: I could, I could flip a switch to just kind of go into that focus mode. But I also kind of hold on to that perspective that, uh, I I need to pull myself out at some point. Otherwise you kind of get stuck in the matrix. Right.
0: Yeah. No, but that's a health. That's the healthy balance though. But you're totally right. That like, once you do that, like I definitely can relate to that. Like, like once you do that, once you've like gotten yourself in that mindset, like where you can do that and fucking, and, and, and you've set a goal, a big goal. And like you went out and achieved it over time. Like you know, like you said, like you have the confidence that you know, like you can drill down again and like get in that channel and and be that motherfucker on a mission. You know what I mean? Like see yeah. you focused on something, you can get it done. Like there's a there's a mindset is so big, it's so huge. You know, so that's that's awesome, bro. I dig that. Love it. All right. So let's uh let's pivot, man. Let's jump into our draft. We'll finish up with our draft. We're gonna do the top five rappers of all time. I'll be fascinated to see where you go with this. We definitely rep uh, different generations, and and that's fine. But I think you also know plenty of classics. I, I, I have that impression. Yes. I I hope so. I hope I don't miss one of the one of the greats here. I'm interested. Like, did you have like a when you set up your choices? Did you have any like criteria in mind? Like I had like a criteria in my brain but what what like what were you thinking in your choices?
1: Yeah I mean with any top list I think I went towards like a greatness criteria mm-hmm. there's the, there's the skill of lyricism there's the delivery. But then there's kind of the business around it and the building the brand and what else have you done for the culture and how revolutionary was the sound. Mm. And it, it, it's the same thing as like ranking quarterbacks. There's always the Tom Brady factor where he's not the most athletic. He's not the most skilled, but like, gosh darn, he's got a lot of Super Bowls. And yeah. so that's kind of the the route I went. But uh, maybe on number five, I'll throw in, you know, one of the lesser known lyricist that i think is probably pretty
0: skilled nice nice for me i think i was i think i'm on the same path that you were talking about in terms of greatness lyricism flow uh uh, contribution to the game all that right but for me i had sort of like this overriding criteria where i was like i have a hard time saying someone was among the greatest if they don't have at least like five albums, right? Yes. Like for me, that was just the kind of my criteria that I went with because I'm like, you gotta have all those things, but also longevity, right? So longevity
1: and body of work definitely factors into
0: that. Yeah, definitely. it's gotta. It's, there's gotta be some longevity involved. So we'll see where we go. All right, you got the number one overall draft pick, bro. What do you got? I know this. This one was I,
1: it was an easy one for me, but I'll be interested to think if he was at the top of your list. I went with Jay-Z.
0: Okay. If you up with hoes in your tap the toes, you celebrate the minute you was having dope. I'm like, fuck critics, you can kiss my whole asshole. If you don't like my lyrics, you can press fast forward.
1: Jay-Z, man, he, he has been around for three decades now. Married to Beyonce, power couple. Um, not only did he get his start kind of from the streets, passing out mixtapes on the streets, like all the way from Humble Beginnings, Mm -hmm. so where he is now he's launched a record label uh discovering artists like j cole was the first assigned to him he helped launch the career of kanye and rihanna um his his aura everything around it is is the greatness of the brand um launching title the title music i think that kind of fizzled out but uh Mm. I think Jay Z has that influence, but also kind of the lyrical skills and the body of work with uh, the Blueprint albums and Hard Knock Life to to make the claim at number one.
0: And I can respect that. Yeah, he's not definitely. He's not. He's on my board. He's not number one for me, but he's definitely on my board. I think he's one for a lot of people. Uh, and so I, I don't think this is a reach by any stretch of the imagination. I think that's totally reasonable. I think, I think for the reasons that you outline, I think that's a, uh, that's a, an absolutely valid 101 for top five rappers of all time. For me, it just comes down to like, I don't love all the deep. I don't have the love and the connection on all the deep cuts, that i do with a lot of these other rappers that i that i have here and so that's why i think he just falls a little bit down for me like but like some of those like just dead presidents like i just dead presidents like when he came out with dead presidents like that the song right like i was just fucking blown away by that like i remember getting that cd single when he came out with that man right so that so i've loved him from day one but um but yeah i think it's a great pick overall I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go easy for me. I'm gonna go Tupac. as uh, my first draft pick. Out of, pill, out of jail, California dreamin'. Soon as I step on the scene, I'm for money alcohol, life So much love for Tupac. I loved all his stuff. I loved all his albums. I love like he's a guy who who really like uh, reinvented himself multiple times throughout his career, was very misunderstood, was very controversial in a lot of different ways and a lot of different chapters in, in what he went through. And uh, and and when I watch some of the interviews that he's done, he's one of the most thoughtful uh, young men in the rap game that there's that ever been. And when you look at all he did And was like, I think he was 25 when he died. He might have even been 24. You know what I mean? I'm like the the fact the the career that he had and in such a short period of time, and that included time in prison in there. I mean, like, he was absolutely prolific. And he he's one of those he recorded tons of shit that they came out with after he died. And that was, you know, a lot of those weren't even necessarily supposed to make the cut, but He was fucking phenomenal. He wasn't the most—I don't think he was necessarily the most like talented in terms of flow, but he was absolutely prolific, and he was a a real game changer in a lot of ways.
1: It's that greatness factor. He revolutionized what it meant to be the the rap artist in the '90s and integrating with the culture. um, It was more than than just the music and the lyrics for him.
0: More than that, for sure. Like, I, I remember I knew a lot of kids in high school. Like, my last year in high school, I remember kids being, like, really, really upset when Kurt Cobain died. And, like, I I appreciated Nirvana, but I wasn't, like, bothered necessarily when I you know, when Kurt Cobain died. It just didn't, like, hit me like that. But I remember it hit me when when Tupac died because I was like, damn, like, the world really lost something right there. Like that's fucking terrible, man. The world lost like a beautiful thing. Like, like you know, in his his uh, image, you know, the rose that grew from concrete. You know what I mean? Like he was kind of a little bit like that, you know. So
1: and everything he did by twenty five, like that that would have grown exponentially had Absolutely. he had those years. And it, it's it's a sad story. And if, really? uh, there's a there's a documentary on Netflix. And a lot of the times documentaries aren't that good, but uh, it's a Dear Mama documentary. I think was a pretty good one. Mm. it it tells the whole story for anyone who's sitting on this podcast like i don't listen to rap or i don't really know who these artists are i think that some of those ways are kind of a good intro to get into the story behind Mm. just the music itself if you don't like the tone of the music and all that
0: sure for sure dig it bro all right what do you got number two all right number two i'm gonna take another artist out of the 90s
1: um and go with nas
0: is what you make it. Suicide, few tried to take it. Belt tied around a neck and jail cells naked. Heaven and hell, rap legend, presence is felt. And of course, NAS saw the letters that spell. I half man, amazing.
1: I think, I think Nas, he, he was kind of given the golden handcuffs a little bit with, um, who was a Pete rock and large professor kind of producing mm-hmm. Illmatic. He, he had, he had the whole squad in the studio. He was rapping with those guys even before he came out with Illmatic. Um, but every time he's, he's been challenged, he's rise to the occasion. You know, it's, it hasn't been consistently at the forefront of the rap scene for the whole 30 years. Like, mm-hmm. like a guy like Jay-Z might've been. Um, but I mean, Nas beat with Jay-Z at one point, dropped ether and,
0: yeah. and wrecked
1: them. And yeah. so anytime, nas has been challenged or asked to rise the occasion i think he has and, and even now in the 2020s he's still dropping platinum records so to have that longevity uh and all of those platinums i uh, i put the respect in there and I, I think there's a lyrical aspect of nas as well kind of taking it from the very rigid uh bar structure of like the 80s early 90s yeah. to like more of a flow and, and like that was the the transition point the liminal state between very kind of structured rap and mm-hmm. kind of more of the free flow and stuff that we got out of the early 2000s so i, I see it revolutionary in a lot of ways i mean there's people who point to illmatic as the number one album ever and so i had to give it the nods as a number two although I, I think like the jay-z pick it's more about the overall encompassing rather than kind of one specific skill
0: i love it man i love the pick i think it's a great great choice i agree 100 percent across the board with everything you're saying I am one of those people who would call Illmatic the the greatest hip hop album of all time. I, I really uh, believe that. I I used to say back in the day, like when I was studying English in college and and loved poetry and was a poetry major, uh, not poetry major, but like like was super super into poetry. Uh, and I used to say like you could teach a college co- course on Illmatic as poetry, and you could just have like have you write nine papers on each one of those songs because the lyrics were so like layered and complex in so many different ways you know what i mean so uh yeah i absolutely adore that pick and he his longevity has been incredible um he's got like a master class that he does i you know i have a superior master class through uh through what i do at work so um so uh yeah and so i like went in on that like he like takes you through like writing a rap song and like putting it all together it's pretty cool yeah man he's phenomenal
1: he takes you through his kind of writing process as well
0: yeah yeah it's really really <laughs> cool it's a good, it's That's good awesome. yeah 100 percent. all right uh i'm gonna go uh it's kind of sitting there so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with it i'm gonna go with eminem man and it seems like the media immediately with a finger at me finger at me. so i point one back at him but not the index of pinky or the ring or the thumb it's the one you put up when you don't give a fuck the bullshit they pull because they fool the shit too when a dude's getting bullied and shoots up your school and they blame it on maryland. maryland and the heroin where were the parents at the parents and look at. where it's at i think he's a value at number four overall in this draft he's literally just absolutely phenomenal as a lyricist but not only as a lyricist, but his his flow and his complex flow and like what he can do and like manipulate that flow, whether he kind of has the Slim Shady thing going on or whether he has sort of the traditional, you know, Eminem, Marshall, Mathers this thing happening. But uh, he is probably the best enunciator of all time in rap music. Like he is someone who can go so fast and you can understand every single word. Like that's a very underrated thing in terms of his delivery, but also like just the complex wordplay that he employs is is uh, is phenomenal. And so you know, in terms of having multiple characters that he wraps in and everything else, I mean, there's there's just uh, a an incredible catalog uh, that's layered and complex with different chapters. And uh, yeah, Eminem, easy pick for me there. I think that
1: one, uh, he has the world record for like most words in a minute
0: uh,
1: on Godzilla. I think it's like 250 words in a minute or something. Yeah. But like you said, it's very enunciated. Yeah, um, it's, the, the lyrics make sense and tell a story. He grew up like on street to street
0: rap battles. Like you need to be quick
1: with the rhyme.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you need to be able to not only not only have the rhyme, but deliver it and have it hit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And have it be understood the first time out. And because if you don't do that, like you, you could have a great joke, but if you don't, if you can't tell the joke in a way that hits the punchline, like it doesn't matter. Right. And so, like battle rap, same thing. Like if you have a great line, like you got to have it hit in a way that people are going to take it in and process it and get their fucking gut punched the first time they hear it. You know what I mean? So if we're in a rap battle, I'm picking Eminem yeah. every day of the week for yeah. sure. <laughs> hundred percent, man. So yeah, that's great shit. And like, like you say, like you, when you rap fast and can be understood, like Buster Rhymes started doing that thing where he just went through these like wicked, wicked fast rap phase that he sort of evolved into. But it's like, you can't even like understand what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like fucking Twister and all that shit. Like the dude, yeah, yeah, the dude <laughs> who just rap fast. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be impressed because you're just fucking rambling. shit Like, if I can't understand it, what's the point? But you could always understand Eminem. That's what's fucking incredible about him. So, yeah, yeah Eminem's an easy one there for me. So, uh, yep, good deal. What do you got, number three? Yeah, I think I would have taken Eminem next on my list. So I'll, I'll go down to my next pick. Not
1: controversial, but Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm.
0: And when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down. a Mac 11 even boom with the face down, skimming And let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. With pretty pussy and Benjamin, is the highlight. I tell my mama I love her, but this is what I like Lord knows. Twenty of them in my Chevy, tell them all to come and get me, reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven, no preliminary hearings on my record. I'm a motherfucking gay stand silence for the record. Uh. Th-
1: there's a transition between the the 2000s era of rap. At kind of what we have now where everything is a continuous flow you'll change tempo multiple times per song yeah. the rhyme schemes and this was something kind of done back in the 90s by some other rappers i won't mention them because i might pick them later where you're not just rhyming at the end of the bar but you're rhyming in between bars and yes. then you change the number of syllables in the bar but you still mm-hmm. match up the rhyme scheme it's it's very complex um yeah. The, the way that he writes and then of course his deliveries is really good as well and if you want to go for the greatness factor he's starting his own label conglomerate i'm not sure what it's called but trying to get baby keem up on the scene and and mm. discover some other artists and uh he does a lot of charity work for the Compton community as well so
0: yeah.
1: uh, i'm gonna put kendrick in that greatness category although it's still kind of unfolding it, 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 he's already got hall of fame material on the books
0: yeah i think i think kendrick lamar is um is sort of a patrick mahomes character of rap you know what i mean like he's young but like you already know that it's that legit you know what i mean like he's got true ass albums that he's put out multiples right and so i have no no qualm about that about having him on the list whatsoever i mean he's that legit man And i mean that's like you said like it's a great breakdown of the complexity in the in the in the poetry because it's true poetry that what he does and and uh, and his delivery and his voice are incredible too. So so that's another sort of underrated yeah. thing. You
1: know, he's like, able to do you know R and B soul influences and then mm-hmm. move to rap influence gangster rap influences and then move back to like a a Motown type of like he can flow over all of those
0: different vibes. Yeah, um, yeah, he's got it all. I think. It's a great pick, man. It's a great pick. All right, I'm going to go with one of my all time favorites is my third draft pick. i must say Andre 3000. We on our back staring at the stars above Talking about what we gonna be when we grow up I say what you wanna be, she said alive It made me think for a minute, then looked in her eyes I could've died, time went on I got prone, rhyme got strong Mind got blown, I came back home To find little Sasha was gone, her mama said She would've been treating her wrong I kept on singing my song and hoping at a show That I would one day see her standing in the front row But two weeks later she got found in the back Of a school, with a needle in her arm Baby, too much dude. Sasha absolutely, such a unique, singular presence in Astria rap. And when you go to like uh, the art of storytelling um, on the Akwemani albums, there um, just absolutely like a blast. Um, just the way that he's able to deliver a story, um, and then just the the uniqueness. I mean, the style that dude was just doing things that people weren't doing and looking ways that people didn't look and delivering his his raps in ways that people weren't used to and but he was just himself and everyone just respected that because it was it was uh, he was doing his own thing but he was doing something that really moved things forward man i I absolutely love andre 2000 he's always my favorite dude so yep he put uh, southern rap on the map like there's a whole region of america that
1: Mm -hmm. just was not part of the the global mainstream rap scene yep. because the, the sound wasn't right and the look wasn't right and the the way that they put the the candy paint on their cars wasn't right and uh i mean he went to the i think it was the grammys that basically said like southern raps here like y'all deal yep. with it
0: yeah and they and they they evolved this i i I would i would love to see another outcast album come out because i mean big boy's solo career was really good but it never blew up like andre said and andre kind of just kind of like faded away from things i know he still does creative shit but it's not like he's putting out like solo albums and stuff so i would love to see that happen again but um because he was just truly one of the greatest of all time but um, yeah, it doesn't look like that's happening. But uh, <laughs> that whole world's still waiting on that Andre solo album. Yeah, all seriously. we get
1: is features here and there, yeah. but we never got the full album.
0: But man, he was fucking amazing, no doubt. All right, what do you got for number four? All right, he's this one's kind of thin here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take him. Uh Eric B.
1: and Rakim. Uh, um, I guess Rakim, if I can't yeah. take two.
0: Yeah, but, uh, no, I, no, Rakim I had on my list. I, I was probably gonna take him next. So
1: I was a fiend. Before I
0: became a teen, I melted microphones instead of colds. and ice cream, music orientated. So when hip-hop was originated, fitted like pieces of puzzles, complicated. Cause I grabbed the mic and try to say yes, sure. They try to take it and say that I'm too small, cool. Cause I don't get upset. I kick a hole in the speaker, pull a plug, then I jet. Yeah,
1: that's, yeah. I mean, that's the the greatness is, it's a shorter period of body of work, but the, the way that they delivered the lyrics we talk about those transition points right like mm-hmm. he he's the one where you can spit a flow and the rhyme scheme doesn't have to have a structure it doesn't feel like you're listening to the same song over and over again right. because of the way that he just naturally tells the story through the poetry it's it's kind of the difference between like dr Seuss poetry and like s- something more play-flowing and non rhymey it's right. it's hard to get at first But as soon as people kind of accepted that as the sound, he's able to kind of tell multiple different stories and still pump up a crowd. You know, all those great shows that he was doing with Eric B. So, um, yeah, I had to take I had to take him. Not my personal favorite artist and not a huge body of work, but everything that he did kind of paved the way the lyricists that we kind
0: of see today Yeah, his his body of work is probably bigger than you think like if you look really? at uh, yeah if you if you look up um like the 17th letter and he came out with the 17th letter which was a double album and so that was like a new album in the late 90s but then he the other cd that was in there because it was when i was still buying cds the other cd was like greatest hits so that greatest hits shit is fuck. that Thing bangs man so if you look that up uh on uh if you're on spotify or, or whatever there uh that that's fucking really good shit that greatest hit stuff is phenomenal so um so yeah so his his stuff he, they had a bunch of albums he was so good widely considered one of the greatest of all time i mean just his voice was incredible his rhymes were incredible but the flow holy shit man like i think of that as audio nitro cold brew you have the cold nitro cold brew from uh from starbucks yeah They're like i drink that if you, you get that right i'm like holy shit that is so smooth right like i'm always blown away when i when i get that right and it hits man i'm like that shit is so smooth that's what it sounds like that's what nitro cold brew sounds like
1: <laughs> it's, it's a massage fucking... for your brain it just yeah. it flows right in and right through you
0: really incredible he's got that deep baritone voice and everything that unmistakable tone man he was he was really something man so shout out rock cam fucking awesome pick man all right so um i'm gonna do i'm gonna pivot off rock cam that would have been my next choice so you sniped me on that I'm gonna like go method man. King me is risky, a jiggy get me, I plead the fifty. They never sniff me, judge or convict me, so just a me. The fuzz against me, I'm butter slippery, they think I'm shaky. Zero to sixty, this just a quickie. You blink your missing. I'm just a fishy, pop my bread and my chellet crispy, my queen crazy, I kill dead if she ever quit me. Gotta rap Wu Tang clan on here, and there, there was nobody really like a star that was emerging from day one. Out of Wu Tang Clan, like Method Man, like they they made him one of their featured guys. Like if you watch that Wu Tang show that was on Hulu, there I don't know if you did, but know, was, yeah, yeah, they do a really good job of like chronicling. Like he was like clearly from day one one of the stars of the group, and his voice is as unique as anyone. Like you know Method Man, that the second you hear a, a, a syllable of that fucking guy, his voice is so unique and phenomenal. And then like. His, his flow is incredible his wordplay is incredible like sometimes I see those like TikToks that come through with all the lyrics on them and like the different rap things and like it's it's really amazing like like when I read the lyrics sometimes like you're like fuck like I, I hadn't even picked up on this little bit of wordplay or this little metaphor that he drops in because he just he fucking kicks it so fast sometimes but like you get it and uh and it's just fuck he's a fucking savage man I fucking love Method man. So incredible with Wu Tang. He's had a great solo career as well. And then the whole like other whole thing with Method Man and Red Man, like he's fucking yeah. one of the greats.
1: And he, he does movies too, right? He's yeah. in
0: a couple movies there. Oh um, I forget he was with one
1: of the other artists, I forget early 2000s.
0: Yeah, he and he was in fucking the Wire and everything else. He was an actor and that's right. Yeah. And
1: then in the in the uh documentary on Hulu, I think Dave East played Method Man. Yes. Dave East is another like rapper yeah. modern day yeah. kind of unique voice
0: from yeah. new york yeah yeah so I, lo- I love met the man I, th- I thought it was it was only right to try to get some uh wu-tang represented because wu-tang is certainly one of the greatest if not the greatest rap group of all time so so it feels right to get matt the man in the mix all right what's, you got a final draft pick yeah i know this is tough because there's
1: some, some real good picks on the board still mm. Um, But uh, I need to give this shout out to to one of the Philly rappers who I think is very good in the lyricist category. Mm. Um, His name is Black Thought. Um, If you've heard Mm. of uh, him and Questlove, they formed the Roots, roots, who are, I mean, you might know him as the Jimmy Kimmel band, but they do a lot of like playing and shows around Philadelphia as well.
0: is balance when the sound hitcher for jack for the fifth volition about what's on the pressure discussing that you get the picture even if it means you got to hang over the pandas and stuff i pull a microphone on any pistol brandish and take advantage of cuz you amateur still gonna tell
1: yourself man and manager what so so black thought is if you listen to his freestyles and the way that he delivers his words like that's what i consider to be kind of real poetry but like poetry with a cultural tie and with a with a purpose and mm-hmm. a lot of times that purpose is kind of fixing a lot of the injustices and wrongs that are that are in the society the stuff that yeah. he sees in philadelphia too with a lot of the con- corruption of the police department and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so yeah body of work number of albums definitely yeah. not on par with the other four guys that we mentioned but if you want to talk about just lyricism i, I would put him up there uh with, with some of the greats, I, I think his lyrics are that on point. If you ever listen to some of his stuff, it'll go on for eight minutes, fifteen mm-hmm. minute freestyles, and just every bar is something impactful. There's no filler in there.
0: Oh, he's fucking incredible, man. And then he's got he's got a, a, another one of those like really distinctive tones uh, and voices and delivery. Um, That's why I put Black Thought is why I put that the the first song on my woo Bang is playlist is, is the ghostface killer song yeah. with black thought man and i'm like i've turned so many people onto that song that haven't heard that song and every motherfucker who i've ever played that song for is like holy shit that song's fucking awesome because it is
1: and you and, go uh, like who is this guy and because he's not he's not promoting himself on social media and right. stuff like that and but you hear the words and you're like wow like he's someone he has
0: greatness in him. Yeah. Oh, and the, and the whole moment of that song where he's, like, where he's is, is, is his line where he's like, my cousin was a buck too. You don't like how I'm living well. Fuck you. You know what I mean? Making an allusion to the old NWA song. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, yeah, he was, he's incredible, man. He's so good, man. And, and uh, yeah, love the Roots over the years. They're great. Um, excellent pick, man. I love that pick. Thinking man pick. I like it. Um, I will have some... Honorable mentions to give a quick shout to it for sure. I think the right one for me to go with here is Lil Wayne. Got the girl twisted cause she open when you twist her. Never met the bitch, but I fuck her like I missed her. Life is the bitch and death is her sister. Sleep is the cousin, what a fucking family picture. You know for all the time, we all know Mother Nature. It's all in the family, but I am of no relation. No matter who's buying, I'm a celebration. Black and white diamonds, fuck segregation. Um, because his wordplay and his delivery uh as good as it gets he's he's certainly a go- I mean some people will call him a goat some people will say this is a ridiculous value for little wayne i'm not gonna argue that that it probably is a great value to have him as the 10th pick here yeah. little wayne's body of work is gigantic i mean he's prolific the way that he used to put out because if you count all the old mixtapes that he used to put out man like on the old old days of like line wire and shit uh, and, and fucking all, all that stuff—the early days of digital music—that motherfucker just released mixtape after mixtape after mixtape of all unique songs. And, and so his body work is incredible, far beyond just like the standard albums that you can get if you look them up on Apple Music or Spotify. And so, uh, and it they were good, man. They weren't just like just like fucking demo tapes and shit. It was like bang is all the way through. So in in his some of the some of the things that he comes up with, the metaphors and the um, the wordplay is just just will melt your brain sometimes. How good it is, and so uh, yeah, that dude is sunshine, man. I fucking love Lil Wayne.
1: I still got an iPod Touch from like the early two thousands that I have Lil Wayne, LimeWire songs, mixtapes on it because, like you said, Spotify is just like half of the iceberg yeah. of all of his like recorded the Carter stuff, all of the mixtapes. Like his his original sound before that, yep. I don't even know where to find it on the internet these days. I just still have yeah. it on the iPod Touch.
0: <laughs> right, like you can find some stuff on like YouTube or whatever. But like, dude, like uh, even some latest stuff that he did that you can't find on on a lot of the traditional stuff. Like, uh, uh what was it? I think it was the song called "Sorry for the Wait" with um where he fucking raps over the Adele beat. That's one oh, yeah my, my favorites, man. But that's like not on like a traditional album, so yeah so yeah he's incredible man all right any uh, honorable mentions what do you got for honorable mentions
1: yeah Lil wayne was was number six on my list that would be my first honorable mention we didn't Uh, mention biggie so we have to mention him he should probably be on this list
0: (laughs) a lot of people may be like how the fuck do you not pick biggie and that's where i mentioned my criteria it's longevity for me like talent yes but longevity is is why I didn't have Biggie on my list because he, he had one album. You know what I mean? But he like had a lot of stuff
1: posthumously too that they put out.
0: No, uh, here's what I would say. I, I, I I'm sorry. He had. I when I say one album, I'm like he only lived to see one album come out. His second album like came out just after he died. So yeah. sorry, he has two albums and one's a double album, but still like that's a one body of work. Um, and He the stuff that came out after he died beyond um beyond life after death there uh was real throwaway shit. Like that was never meant to be like released, like it was real scrappy fucking stuff. Whereas Tupac had recorded like a library of stuff that was actually good that he still released, uh that they still released. So uh yeah, it was a body of work thing for me with Biggie. But yeah.
1: Same here, same here, but we had to put his name out there.
0: Yeah,
1: um, a couple other ones I had Kanye West, yeah, the greatness might be diminished by kind of his recent comments. Um, it, but
0: uh, yeah, I agree. It's it's more like if, if he kept his trajectory from his first three albums, right, I'd be a, he would have been on this list and right near the top of it, but he sure. really yeah. has faded in weird directions lately. Like, uh, it's it's really his he he. Project has gone down
1: I'm hesitant to even bring up as an honorable mention but i mean yeah. that that was my generation listening to the graduation and the college dropout like yeah. that's what i grew up on even though yep. i knew about the 90s stuff uh i'll go through one of those here quick j cole one of my mm-hmm. favorites college educated yep very intellectual flows yep um and then a couple of less well-known ones, but uh, Griselda out of Buffalo, Benny the Butcher, and Conway are doing mm-hmm. some real good stuff right now. And then Freddie Gibbs out of Gary, Indiana,
0: well, a couple of good. kind
1: of lesser well-known lyricists, but uh, yeah. kind of made it out the mud and still doing like kind of gangster rap, tied yeah. stuff.
0: I like it, man. Those are thinking man's picks right there. I like it. All what right, else my, you got? My uh, my uh, honorable mentions. Uh, the top two interesting ones for me that I was like. Like weirdly considered here, this may seem weird that I considered him in the mix here. <clears throat> Chuck D from Public Enemies won, and that's more like uh, value and accomplishment and what he meant to the game, but like he was certainly distinctive, but he was incredible. Um, <clears throat> this one may throw you off, but I think the greatest female rapper of all time, and you may vastly disagree, but I, I fucking have immense respect for Nicki Minaj. I think Nicki Minaj is fucking outstanding. Right, like Nicki Minaj, uh, basically like, fucking has bangers of songs that have nothing to do with like shtick. She's just an awesome rapper. She's not an awesome female rapper. She's a really good rapper. So that I have a lot of respect for Nicki Minaj. I don't think she hits the list, but I think she's for me, she's the, my favorite female rapper of all. And time. you talk
1: about, I mean, like Eminem like being very uh pronounced with his words and having like alter egos like yeah. Nicki minaj is the same way she yeah. has the alter ego she's very mm-hmm. pronounced with
0: the words that she gives yeah. definitely
1: huh. like a more controversial one but I, I don't disagree i mean her lyrics are up there
0: yeah i think that would i think it would trigger people if i had put her on the list but <laughs> but uh so. yeah but uh but i think she's fucking great uh my other ones uh, honorable mentions pusha t uh phenomenal love him underrated common krs1 ghostface killer and raekwon but i went with method man over them uh and then guru from gangsta and then i said my all voice team like some of the greatest voices in rap history jadakiss uh, (laughs) dmx and snoop like those are my all voice team i'm
1: glad dmx got on that list there he is it's just the that would hurt my throat if I had
0: to spit like TMS. Yes, man, the fucking growl, man, always sounds like he just swallowed some sandpaper or something. You know what I mean? So.
1: I mean you can put Lil Wayne on that list as well, right up of those guys.
0: Yeah, he's got a great voice too, man. So awesome, man. All right, well, this is great, Matt. Appreciate you, bro. It's great to get together and uh, and chop it up a little bit, man. Thanks for joining.
1: Yeah, this is great stuff meeting oh. everybody on roster wars is just getting to know people is super cool we're not even talking about football or we're, we're still yeah. gonna know each other so this is awesome man i appreciate
0: it thank you bro it's been a fucking fun journey so thanks for thanks for stopping in with us man all right try and stay cool down there brother i will see you guys all right, man. See, ya. see ya peace